Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to your daily dose of the Must Read Alaska podcast. Welcome. Thank you for joining me on this Friday. It is the culmination of a long week, but the news continues to roll on. Well, today we have plenty to talk about, but before we dive right in, of course, you know my plea. We are starting to really gain momentum on this, and I appreciate all of our listeners for this very thing, which is taking just a few short seconds and giving us a five-star review. It helps tremendously with search engine optimization, it helps with our rankings, and it helps with people finding a lot of the content we discuss on a daily basis here at Must Read Alaska. So if you just take one second, two seconds maybe, and give us a five-star review, that would be greatly appreciated. If you wanna go that extra mile, go ahead and give us a written review as well. The written reviews we received have been overwhelmingly positive. It's great to hear from our listeners. Obviously, our readers and supporters we love hearing from. But you guys that are listening to the podcast on a daily basis, weekly basis, or sometimes just catch us because uh, we share some interesting content, we love hearing from you. So go ahead and just give us a written review if you have some time to do so. Well, today we're diving in. It's a Friday, which normally feels like it's a little bit of a slow day. But we get some things to talk about. And if you haven't known, Must Read Alaska, specifically Suzanne Downing, has done this series called Jab or No Jab. And at this point, we've hit about 15 different articles written either by Suzanne or by those who wish to share their story about what's going on out in the world when it comes to deciding whether or not they're going to get vaccinated. Well, story number 15 comes to us from South Central Foundation by the person, uh, I'm assuming a woman by the name of Grace. And it's really a heartbreaking story, much like a lot of these stories are. And Grace shares a little bit about the journey as she decided not to get the COVID vaccine. Uh, and in doing so, has forfeited her right to continue working at South Central Foundation. Uh, she goes on to describe, and I would encourage you to look it up. It's under the title, uh, Jab or No Jab, number 15, XV. Grace left South Central Foundation over vaccine mandate. Praise that God will open a new door for her. And really, this this is a, a just a story about somebody, another person who has decided not to take the vaccine and is really having uh, her life ripped away from her, her career ripped away from her and moved on. Now, I know what many of you are thinking. Well, hey, if you want that career, just take the take the vaccine. It's really not that simple anymore, guys. It's really not. Let me tell you what I heard recently as as. I believe it was Tuesday, that hospitals now, six months after you get the vaccine, that's two doses, if you do not get the booster, are considering you unvaccinated. This is not going to stop at, hey, are you taking the vaccine or are you not? This is going to play even deeper into, are you doing what we tell you beyond just taking your double dose and booster? Are you continually taking your booster? Are you not and thus considered unvaccinated again? So don't don't for one second think that you get the vaccine and you're good to go. That's not how this is going to work. This vaccination passport slash show me where your vaccine and when it was and all that, that's only going to grow. That's the first step. And I think people are really short-sighted when we think about this. 
guys, this has been something that on the on the horizon you could see coming. That now it, the goalpost continually is being moved further and further down, and essentially we're saying, you know what? When we say you're vaccinated or you've taken your shots correctly, that's for a portion of time. But as we learn, oh, we're going to need more because what we were told was the efficacy of this this shot is actually not the case. And there are many data points out there that talk about this. But as we kind of look forward and as we're seeing some of these stories come out, and especially in this Must Read Alaska Jab or No Jab series, it really is disconcerting and disheartening for a lot of people, particularly those, I think, listen, the first round of people that are going to feel the pain are the people that obviously do not want to take the vaccine. And that's our, we're already in it. That's not something that we think is coming down the pipe. No, we're in it. We're in it right now. There is a separation between those who, and again, naturally that happens, those who want the vaccine or the shot versus those who don't. It's only going to get worse from here because if you think you took the vaccine and you're not going to be required to continue to update your boosters or you're not going to have to continue to fulfill the requirements that whomever is making them, you're wrong you're going to be in the same boat as those who early on decided not to take the vaccine at all. And it's really something that's coming down the pike sooner than we think. Sooner than we think. We've already seen it in hospitals. Hospitals down in the lower 48 are beginning to consider those who have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, so have taken both shots. After six months, they consider them unvaccinated. And, and I think you're going to hear stories like this all around. Why? Well, it's definitely a way to boost unvaccinated numbers. It continues the scare tactic and the division within the country. And quite frankly, it, it just helps the narrative. It helps the narrative. But if you haven't had a chance, I want to recommend that you go ahead and, uh, and head over to Must Read Alaska. We've got about 15 different stories. And some of these stories are, are, are frustrating and you get angry. Some of these stories are sad and, and really you feel, you feel for these people. In other stories, you just kind of scratch your head and are perplexed in a lot of these. But uh, if, you, if you've got some time to read, I would highly suggest you read some of these because they are, this is, this is Alaska. And these are from members of all different kinds of communities. We're talking in the bush. We're talking here in Anchorage. We're talking in Fairbanks and the Valley. I mean, we're talking in a lot of different places. So I would highly recommend you diving into this series. Um, but at the end of the day, the truth is this. The idea that fully vaccinated individuals are going to be safe from any repercussions from those who are not vaccinated is true now. But that's not going to be the case. And mark my words, today, October 22nd, 2021, I'm telling you it is coming. And I don't mean conspiracy theory coming. I mean like the next gradual step to control is now that you're vaccinated, you either continue on the course that we, in um, quotes, I don't know who the we is. We could say a lot of things. Fauci, the president, uh, CDC, uh, who, uh, it doesn't really matter. You either follow the prescription that we're laying out for you or you're thrown in with the untouchables. You're thrown in with the the dissident people. You're thrown in with the, the unvaccinated. And we're going to continue that. And we're going to consider you that. 
And it doesn't matter what you think. Regardless if you took the vaccination when we asked you to, if you do not comply with what we're doing, you're going to be a part of that, quote, group. And it's coming, people. That's not a conspiracy theory. Listen, I repeat myself because I want you to get the message. I want you to get the message. And here's the message. When AO 2021-91 was introduced as a draft form, the language in there was that of what was going around the lower 48 and in our country period, which was a segregation of two groups of people. Now, when you're trying to divide people in a divided country, you got to keep it simple. Can't be overcomplicated. You got to keep it simple. And so you continue to divide people based on the vaccinated and unvaccinated. And how do you do that? Well, even if you are, quote, technically vaccinated, but you do not comply with the way that the prescription is now moving, which is boosters, which is whatever, you then fall into the untouchable group or the unvaccinated group. And that's how they're going to do it. You got to keep it simple. The KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. So that's where we're headed. And it's an unfortunate thing, but in the meantime, I would highly recommend, like I said, the Jab or No Jab series. These are stories from all over Alaska. It's not just Anchorage-centric. They're all over Alaska, and I would just read them and, and know the history because this time next year, I'm telling you, the goalposts will be moved again. They will be moved again. Well, in other news... Mayor Bronson's got a lot of things to, uh, to be working on, clearly. He's got a mass mandate. He's got this upheaval about the firing and replacing of Anchorage's first chief equity officer. But something else that happened uh, is Craig Campbell, who was uh, on, his, on his team, started as chief of staff, kind of moved towards a senior advisory role, is, is going to be leaving to return to... Uh, a previous job he had, which was in Alaska Aerospace. And he served there as, I, I believe, their president and CEO for somewhere around 2012 to 2019 before he transitioned to um, the political side of things with uh, the Bronson campaign and administration. Uh, here's what Bronson had to say. And this is from an article written by Suzanne today uh, under the heading, Craig Campbell returning to space program resulting in shuffle in mayor's office staff. Bronson said this about Campbell. Craig Campbell is the definition of what serve and commitment to Alaska is. As a lieutenant governor, lieutenant general of the Alaska National Guard, assembly member, and valued member of my team, I appreciate his dedication in working for the municipality of Anchorage and the state of Alaska to make our state successful. I think a lot of people, particularly in the conservative Republican sphere, have a lot of respect for Craig Campbell. Craig has been um, serving Alaska for many years and will be returning to an area that uh, he hopes will will serve Alaska and its economic viability long term outside of just uh, oil and fish and tourism but aerospace and so it looks like Campbell's resignation will be effective on uh, Sunday October 24th and he's going to start at the Alaska Aerospace uh, on that Monday so it's very interesting uh, what's going on here. I, you know, people read a lot into this, and I think when you have uh, when you have administration people moving, changing places, shifting, it's not so much 
we tend to overread into things a lot. That's what I think we do. We tend to overread into things. We try to make a mountain out of a mohill. We try to say, oh, this is not a good look. Because, listen, the bottom line, Craig was an instrumental part of his campaign. Bronson had an, an, an exceptional team for his, his campaign and, in, and really does have a great team over there as in, in the administration side of things. So seeing somebody like Greg Campbell leave, you're, you, you sort of go, well, what's going on? Why would he leave? Is there something up? I think this is much to do about not. I think this is maybe that Craig feels like he has uh, fulfilled his role and there are other people that need to step into the place. Obviously, the mayor has many different uh, things he's working on and, and, frankly, fighting on. He's got a couple different fronts that he's fighting the assembly on. And at the end of the day, it's you know, there are reasons why people move on. And it doesn't have to be malicious. It doesn't have to be ill-intended. It doesn't have to be any of that. It could just be that Craig feels like he's uh, completed his obligation with the Bronson administration. And uh, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. He's helped Bronson tremendously, again, in both the campaign and in the administration. And I think he has served uh, the Bronson team very well, very well. Well, as we're talking about the Bronson administration and fighting uh, against the assembly on many different fronts. At least that's how it feels. Listen, the assembly has made it very clear. They do not like the fact that Anchorage chose Bronson as the mayor. Forrest has not let that go. Christopher Constant has not let that go. Suzanne LaFrance seems to have not let that go. Uh, an additional side, LaFrance lost uh, her rep race with a guy who I feel like is doing a tremendous job, which is Kaufman. He's been very honest and transparent. Probably one of the, you know, as far as the people that I know, I've seen a lot of transparency and a lot of communication from him. And it was a well-deserved win by Kaufman. He he hit the ground running. And, you know, LaFrance's, quote, team, which was a, you know, it was one of those bait-and-switch Democrat moves, was, uh, I mean, listen, when you try to... When you try to trick the public, does everybody remember during the campaign where a few Democratic uh, candidates decided to put together, and again, it was a coordinated effort with uh, the party, to send out mailers that had Don Young on one side, Senator Sullivan on the other, and in the, in the middle of those two was the Democratic uh, candidate that was running in that race. And one of those that used this tactic to try to trick people to think that they were conservative or had conservative views was Suzanne LaFrance, which was, to me, an appalling, just gross misleading of the public. But regardless, she lost to um, James Kaufman in that race, and so she's back on the assembly. And there seems to be this vendetta that's being, uh, that's being out, that played out here. It really is. It's clear the Assembly is going to make the Bronson administration's tenure there uh, uncomfortable, difficult, challenging. They're going to fight tooth and nail for everything. And so, I mean, what they've done essentially says we're going to go to battle every day for the next four years. And so one of the ways that they want to go to battle is right before the Bronson administration got in, Austin Quid Davidson, who was the acting mayor, not the um, mayor who was voted in, uh, especially, you know, after Berkowitz had his fall from grace, uh, they they put her in that position. It was not an elected position for her. Left an assembly seat wide open for eight months instead of having a special election for the mayor. 
and decided to play this game. And in doing so, right before the Bronson administration took over, they wanted to create this chief equity officer position, which in the long run would cost the municipality over $100,000 a year. And they did a nationwide search. And what they ended up doing is literally just weeks before Bronson's uh, team took over, which if I'm Bronson's team, I want to be able to appoint, especially if the if it was uh, created where you cannot remove the office, I want to appoint my person that I want sitting in that office as the chief equity officer. Well, no. What they decide to do is go ahead and hire their own, the assembly's own chief equity officer, which is ridiculous and absolutely out of line. And they hired a gentleman by the name of Clifford Armstrong III. Now, what ended up happening? Well, Clifford started... And apparently when July 1st rolled around and the administration came in, um, Bronson's administration decided that Mr. Armstrong was not the person they wanted in that role. And so he was promptly let go. And in doing so, they uh, inputted their own chief equity officer. And unfortunately, uh, the way that this was handled by Mr. Clifford, in my opinion, not everybody has to agree with it, was uh, in poor taste. I think not only were you insulting the administration because they didn't take every idea you threw at them, uh, not only were you saying that because you were in a nationwide search, your employment should be at stake forever, uh, not only did you leave and pretty much decide that the new person who was going to take that position was uh, didn't have the, quote, technical competencies, whatever that means, but you also decided to uh, play into this a not-so-subtle use of racism, which, as we talked about yesterday with Suzanne Downing, was uh, in really bad poor taste in none of your, ex in your explanation. And there was four points that were given by Mr. Clifford uh, Armstrong about why he felt he was like, oh, none of them involved anything to do with race. But he certainly added a what seems to be a personalized uh, cartoon that shows three hooded, with what represents Klan members, pushing uh, him out the door, it looks like. And it says, consider yourself involuntarily separated from the Anchorage Equity Office Armstrong. So it was, it was written, it was drawn for him. And, and it's really too bad. Well, what that has done is also drawn the ire, of course, of the Assembly, because the Assembly feel like they have control of everything here in Anchorage. Uh, the over grabbing of power, the misuse and overreach of power by the legislative branch in this municipality is disgusting, to say the least. It's been disgusting. But they decided to send a letter to Mayor Bronson saying that they do not recognize the firing of Mr. Clifford Armstrong III and that they will not, it will not be accepted at all. And keep in mind this. Suzanne LaFrance has decided to use $50,000 of our money, the taxpayers' money, to hold on retainer a law firm to be able to look at all this so that they can bring a lawsuit against the Bronson administration. Now, keep in mind, that's not the only thing they're looking to put a lawsuit against. They're hoping that Bronson says he will not enforce, which he's never said. We need to make that clear. There's a lot of hoopla around that. Dave Bronson has never said he will not enforce AO 2021-91. I'm sure on both sides they hope that, which as we talked about yesterday, is probably the first time in a while 
that both the left and the right want somebody to say the same thing. But regardless, there is a lawsuit-esque type letter that was sent to the Bronson administration. Let me read you a little bit of it. Quote, it has been well publicized that you decided to terminate Clifford Armstrong III in the position of chief, chief equity officer and that you have selected for appointment to the position and I'll just want to call him Junior, that's his nickname, per your October 11th press release. We do not recognize Mr. Armstrong's dismissal as complete nor valid and are advised by Assembly Council that it is not legally complete, both LaFrance and Constant wrote. Now, the problem with this is that there are so many different... The reason why lawyers are involved in everything is because municipality code, charter, all intertwine. And you've got this, you've got this two-headed monster here. You've got sort of the legislative branch and then the charter, and then you've got what the roles are, and everything seems convoluted thanks to this assembly. However, under Must Read Alaska's article, which was written by uh, our fearless leader, Suzanne Downing, it's entitled, Assembly Refuses to Accept Mayor's Firing of Equity Officers, says he is still employed. Interesting way. This is what she wrote. This is Suzanne Downing. LaFrance and Constance cited Anchorage Municipal Code Section 3.2.1-4OA.1.C, which they passed last year, stating the chief equity officer may be dismissed by the mayor only for cause shown and only with the concurrence of a majority of the assembly. Now, that last part is what they're upset about, which is the assembly wasn't, um, wasn't involved. Downing continues to write in the article, but the municipal charter supersedes the ordinance. The charter is the constitutional authority for the city, and the writers of the charter never wrote into it that the assembly could prevent people in the administration from being fired. The auditor's position is an exception. Quote, this section was enacted and duly adopted by Ordinance AO 2020-7915 and is current, according to the Alaska Supreme Court holding in Municipal Municipality of Anchorage, of Anchorage Police Department, employers, assistant, eight, wow, Alaska courts must presume that code provision and ordinance are constitutionally valid. Essentially what it's saying is this, you cannot usurp the charter. You can't. It's the constitutional authority for which all uh, the municipality is governed by. And to, and to try to usurp it is a violation, and thus what they're saying is that the ordinance is invalid. Continuing on in the article, Furthermore, proceedings of the governing body of a municipality are presumed to have been conducted in accordance with the law. Mr. Armstrong cannot be dismissed unilaterally by the mayor, they wrote. Now this is what they're saying. But you go back to what Suzanne Downing wrote. An ordinance cannot supersede the municipal charter. They continue to write. Then LaFrance and Constant alleged that Mr. Quote, Mr. Armstrong, or Armstrong, is still the chief equity officer of the municipality, he continues to be employed until there is a showing of cause for his dismissal, communicated to the assembly, and by majority vote, the body concurs with the dismissal. Please advise as soon as possible your grounds for cause from Mr. Armstrong's dismissal, and no later than October 21st, 2021. 
Once received, the matter will be scheduled before the assembly for its consideration, they wrote. So then they wrote. This is just... And again, I would look underneath this um, because in the actual article, we, we put a... Uh, essentially a screenshot of the of the letter that was sent to Mayor Bronson. And listen, this is a, once again a tit-for-tat thing. It's starting to get just absolutely obnoxious. But we are here again. So I'll be curious to see how this works out. This is another one of those things where uh, I don't know how far this is going to up the chain, if it's going to hit the Alaska Supreme Court because of the way that... Uh, the assembly has grossly overreached in their power. But I'd be interested to see. And listen, if the Alaska Supreme Court starts making rulings or courts start making rulings for the administration, this is going to get interesting. It's going to get very interesting because the court has to set precedent of separation of power. The irony is, is that the assembly is using everything, and this is where the lack of self-awareness and logic comes into play, everything to go against the administration, including literally saying that the administration is overstepping their bounds and overstepping their powers. Phenomenal. I mean, you can't be as tone deaf as the assembly right now. It's amazing to me. All right, we're almost out of time, so I want to hit this last story, which I think is very interesting. Nick Baggage, the grandson of Rep. Nick Baggage, files paperwork with FEC to challenge John Young. That's right. We've got the story up on Must Read Alaska that... Nick Baggage III, who uh, has been very close with John Young, is going to challenge John Young for his seat uh, when, uh, when he's up for re-election. Now, many of you know John Young has been a long-standing rep for Alaska, very long-standing rep, and Nick has worked with his campaign. Nick has been a friend. But at some point, because of John Young's age, there has to be a transition there. And Nick is a very competent, very well-liked, very politically savvy individual. I think this is a great move by Nick. I think Don um, has been great for Alaska. I think, obviously, he's been a long-standing rep for this state, has uh, brought a lot of different and good things here. But Don Young's up there in age. And I, I know that he's been looking long-term as a, at a succession plan and. And why not go with a guy who not only worked with Don Young, both on the campaign and, and has worked with him uh, professionally, but also just the fact that uh, Nick is, you know, in a long line of Democrats, uh, a staunch Republican, which is great. And, and obviously, I must read Alaska. We talked a lot about the fact that uh, Nick and Truman Reed had been seen together in Anchorage, Palin. I think the Olive Garden was the place where people saw them. Everything happens at the Olive Garden, right? But I think this is a great move. This is a good move. I like this. I've met Nick. I know him uh, not super well, but I know him uh, fairly well. I like him. I think he's a good family guy. I think he's uh, he'd be a great representative for for Alaska. You know, he's he's a business investor. He's got uh, different you know um, things he's done with some companies. Uh, you know, he's he's just. I think he's a well. He's a well-rounded candidate. You know, he's got a lot of experience in the political sphere. He, uh, he also, you know, he's on the board of the Alaska Policy Forum, which I love their stuff. They're great. I love the people down there. So I think this is a great move, um, particularly with, with some time to do fundraising. And just, just to see where it goes would be great to start off. But 
I, I do like this move, and I do think it is a great opportunity for Nick. And, um, it, and in saying that, I've loved Don Young, too. And I think this will be this will be one of those times where maybe it's time to pass the torch. Maybe it's not. Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to uh, Don Young at all since you know probably last year. But you know what? I I am um, well. That's not true. Probably the spring. But I think Don has. You know he's probably thinking this down the road too. You know he's done a great job, and at some point transition has to happen. The baton has to be passed. And I'm sure they'll have a Democratic candidate or two coming in there, maybe even an independent that's going to try to shake things up. But I think this is a good move. So um, I think this is a good move. And I think, you know, Don Young would say the same thing. I'm not 100 percent. I'm not going to speak for Don. But if I had to think, yeah, he's probably thinking who's going to take over the mantle when when I'm wanting to move away. And Nick would be the guy to do that. So well, Alaska, if you love the content, listen, we're doing every day now, every day. I'm going to try to hit in a half an hour, but I know you don't want to hear me talking the entire time. You want the news. So we're doing this every day. And if you want to continue to support what we do, both on mustreadalaska.com, with the podcast, with our YouTube channel, I just recommend you go to mustreadalaska.com and, and you go to uh, the top right corner. And you'll see a support must read Alaska side over there. And I just would recommend that you, um, that if you really want this content and you like this content, uh, you support must read Alaska. Listen, our viewers, our, our listeners, our readers, our supporters, it's because of you guys we continue to do this. And every little bit it counts. So don't think that there's nothing too big or too small. Every supporting bit counts. So we want to thank you for that. If you, had to get, if you haven't had a chance, I would, okay, go to Facebook, Twitter, Parler, MeWe, YouTube, Rumble, The Works, and you can find all of that content in the social and video and digital sphere under the same, that's right, we got the same handle. It's Must Read Alaska, all one word. Well, guys, we thank you so much for joining us this week. Until next time, take care.